Hey y'all, it's Andrew. Welcome to The Snake's Paw. Before we start today's episode, we just want to say thanks to everybody for your patience during this extended semi-hiatus that we've been on. There has been a lot of life happening over here, including, but not limited to, a marriage and an unusually intense appendectomy. If that sounds intriguing, get your freaky self over to Jack's blog to learn more. Anyway, things are steadying out, and besides saying thank you, we also wanted to offer a little bit of clarity. We are intending on being here on an at least monthly basis going forward. And today, we kick off that pattern with a new episode of Noir City Blues. Episode 4, The Trail of Tortured Tongues. It was a quiet night in Noir City, the kind of night that puts you on edge, because you think you hear the footsteps of a tail on your trail, so you keep looking over your shoulder until you realize it's just the sound of your own heartbeat going thump thump down the lonely streets of your soul. We'd had quite a few quiet nights since Mayor Moray was sworn into office. He diverted police resources to enforce noise ordinances, but while he cracked down on the racket, another racket was getting worse. It's never a pretty sight when crime is more organized than the people who are fighting it. Extortion and corruption had gone through the roof, and while the DA wanted to proceed with prosecution, all our best officers were on noise reduction. So there was hardly anyone left to do detection. The city's citizens seemed to like the silence, but something told me this was the calm before the storm. And when the rain comes down, that hole in our figurative roof is going to cause one nasty leak. As for me, I'd been reassigned so many times I couldn't even tell you what case I was working. Not that it mattered. Our budget was down to a shoestring, and it wasn't even long enough to tie up the loose ends. I never had a chance to follow up on my last major case, a bunch of bridal bloodshed that seemed to lead to a local big shot, BT Dubs. Maybe someday we'll have an extended plot arc, but until then, I was trying to keep my head low and my expectations lower. Since there's no law here against killing time... I decided to slip down to the neighborhood watering hole, the Doddering Mole. Mostly I needed a drink, but there's always a chance someone's making waves in a dive like that. Well, if it isn't Detective, you're becoming a regular regular at this point. You on the beat? Nah, I'm just beat. Well, nothing beats a stiff drink. You don't miss a beat, Bart. Let's not beat around the bush. What do you have? Beats me. You know what's in a right Russian? Vodka, beet juice, and bitters. Are things as quiet here as they are in the rest of Noir City? It may be quiet, but there's plenty going on, let me tell you. It ain't easy being behind a bar right now. These new noise ordinances are bad for business, and the Bart Ender is still on the loose. Before long, I'll be the only Bart left in Noir City. I'm so high-strung... I'm starting to think it's high time I stopped pouring highballs and high-tailed it out of here. Oh yeah, all those murders. Someone should probably investigate that. What else is on people's minds? Lots of talk about the DA's corruption case lately. I thought that case didn't have a leg to stand on. I've got my ear to the ground. Something's afoot. 
Sounds like the long arm of the law might have found an eyewitness willing to stick their neck out to get something off their chest. Don't hold your breath. We could be revolutionizing horticulture and reconstructive surgery with all the graft we have in this city. Sorry. I don't mean to be a wet sock. I just know how these things usually go. That reminds me. Someone came in the other day asking about you and Sorry, I have to take this. What's up, Chief? Still blind, just in case you were wondering. Speaking of cases, I have an assignment for you. There's been a murder behind the abandoned sham factory down on Plant Street. Finally. I've been waiting for a real case to- Oh, you're not on the murder case. I assigned that to Detective O'Shea. What? Not Rick! I hate that guy! So what do you want me to do? We're getting calls that they're making a lot of noise at the crime scene, so I need you to ride over and tell Rick to cut the ruckus. Why didn't you just call Rick? I tried, but you're both in my phone as Richard, and I called you by accident. I can't call up everyone I know named Richard hoping I get the right one. It's easier just to send you down there. Chief, I'm not even on duty. Dick! The mayor's been on my back about cracking down on noise violations, and I want to stay on his good side. So get on the ball and get on Rick's case for carrying on. Alright, I'm on it. I've gotta run, Bart. But it was good catching up. Did you want to hear the potentially pivotal piece Maybe of- Maybe later. Gotta go. It's a blow to your pride when you're in homicide and they brush you aside when someone died. But I decided I wasn't gonna let it bother me. No doubt the chief had a good reason for putting O'Shea on the case. I mean, I can't single-handedly solve every murder in Noir City. And he probably wanted to give me some downtime after solving a series of stressful slayings last season. So what if O'Shea is a jerk who tries too hard to look cool and one time laughed at me when I crouched down at a crime scene and ripped open the seat of my pants? <clears throat> As I pulled up to the back of the factory, I spotted the body, a crime scene tech I'd definitely never met before, and enough police tape to strangle a giraffe but no sign of Detective O'Shea. Detective Tective, I didn't know you were on this case. I guess my reputation precedes me. Do you recognize me from the newspapers? What? No, we worked together. Is that so? Frank, quietly, I may have worked on every crime you've ever investigated. They certainly keep you techs busy. Where's Detective O'Shea? He's probing the premises for possible perps. What brings you here? Apparently you boys made enough noise to annoy someone. Ah, O'Shea saw a prowler and thought it might be our man, so he fired off a few rounds and ran down that alleyway. O'Shea shot without warning at an unidentified individual who happened to be walking nearby? Yep. Right, like you do. Well, while we're waiting, what have you found so far? Looks like the body has been here two, maybe three days. The victim is one Roland Nolan, a.k.a. Roland the Rat. O'Shea recognized him. He's an informant. Every cop in Noir City knows about Roland. They installed a rotating door at the county prison just for him. He had a drug problem and a getting caught problem, which is not a good combination. He'd do anything to keep from doing time. He would rat out his own grandmother every week for jaywalking. He must have crossed the wrong person who crossed the street the wrong way. Cause of death? We'll need an autopsy to confirm, but we're pretty sure he drowned in his own blood. Oh my god, that is so metal. How did that happen? Well, his tongue is missing. That might have something to do with it. Death by tongue removal. That seems like an impractical way to kill someone. We suspect they were trying to send a message, mostly on account of the message we found in a plastic baggie stuffed in the victim's mouth. Let me see. 
Do crap or tongue, you take a tongue and tug it taut and cut along the lingual septum until it splits to teach the traitor what he gets love licking What's the matter, dick? Cat got your tongue? I'm not sure that's in good taste, Rick. Well, this guy wouldn't know, would he? <laughs> I don't feel comfortable making light of someone's death. Look, the chief just sent me it down here. It's been a long night. With my lame namesake around, it was gonna get even longer. Can't even squeeze in some cynical banter nowadays without some stick in the mud sticking his nose in your business. I'd like to know why Dick Bective was on my crime scene anyway. I had a murder to solve, and this deadbeat was doing his best to murder my mood. This deadbeat wasn't listening to a word I was saying. Hold on a second. Hands in his overcoat pockets, squinting into the middle distance. Is he... He's got an internal monologue going. I'm standing right here, talking to him, and he's narrating. I wonder if I left the stove on. I don't think I did. I lit a cig on the burner, but I'm almost certain I turned it off. God, I could use a cigarette. Maybe that dead guy has a pack on him. He certainly won't be using them anymore. He'll be switching to a different brand of coffin nails. <laughs> I bet he's monologuing about that time I ripped my pants open. The sound of fabric tearing haunts my dreams. I wake up in a cold sweat sometimes, clutching my butt. I'll never live down the nickname, Assless Chap. I should swing by the house before going to the precinct, just to make sure the burner is off. Oh my god, is he still talking? I've got better things to do than listen to Assless Chap flap his talk box. His body ain't getting any warmer. What are you going on about? If you're here to horn in on my case- No. As I was saying, the chief sent me down here to respond to a noise complaint. I didn't know the force was hiring librarians. Some of us have crimes to investigate, Dewey Decimal. I find this noise nonsense just as noisome as you do, but I have orders. I said what I had to, so let's put it behind us. Since I'm here, maybe I can lend a hand. Alright. As long as we're clear who's in charge here. Crystal. No, I'm in charge! Who the heck is Crystal? They hiring dames in homicide now? No, I... Never mind. Give me the rundown. I ID'd the DB as a CI. My CO wants me to establish PC for the DA. The victim is a KA of OC, but the MO has all the markings of an SK. All I know is, I better get OT for this BS. SK? Serial killer. Perp took a trophy, left a cryptic message. The symbolic and highly idiosyncratic nature of the murder suggests pathological tendencies. This has serial killer written all over it. Does the M.O. match any other murders? None that I know about, but I won't be surprised if another body pops up. That poem the perp pinned seems to imply as much. Right. The message. <clears throat> to crop her tongue, you take a tong and tug it taut and cut along the lingual septum till it splits to teach the traitor what he gets. Love licking boots like a doormat, each tongue I take is tit for tat. That's a mouthful. Unlike this guy's mouth. Hey! <laughs> uh, mind if I take a look at that poem? Go ahead. You sure about the serial killer angle? Seems more like a revenge killing to me. I think those angles are congruent. I bet some jokers had an ace in the hole and aired our perp's dirty linen. And now he's got a laundry list of double dealers he's hanging out to dry. And this guy's the first to fold. Oh, look! The first letters of each line in the poem spell out the word tattle. That's neat. The person who wrote that poem murdered a man and mutilated his body. I know, it, it's just, it's pretty impressive. They must have really worked hard on it. Great. When we bust them, you can ask for their autograph. For now. Wait. Anything else stand out? 
Yeah. The C in crop is capitalized. The only other letters that are capitalized are the ones at the beginning of each line. To crop her tongue. Why her? Victim is male. And later it says, teach the traitor what he gets. There's as much gender bending in this poem as there is in our casting. Our suspect is leaving breadcrumbs to toy with us. Classic serial killer. What could it mean? Could mean anything. That's the point. It's the kind of clue that's obvious in retrospect, but doesn't give us any leads. Yellow? No, this is Rick. He's right here. Dick! The chief wants to talk to you. What's up, chief? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I All noticed right. your ringtone. Are you a Starship Mudskipper fan? Oh, yeah, big time. Who's your favorite character? Nikolai, for sure. How about you? I don't know. Probably Mombot. Yeah, I really like the episode where Nikolai reprogrammed Mombot to take over the ship. I'll be there ASAP. (sighs) Here you go. I've got a split. Somebody called in a body at the Four Shadows Motel. You should take the tech with you. Are you sure? There's still a lot to do here. I'll take care of it. Besides, Dick Fective needs all the help he can get. That's not my name, Rick. Rick, okay. (laughs) Let's go, Phil. That's not my name. As I drove down Dalton Drive, a depressing drizzle started to fall from the overcast sky. I turned on my windshield wipers, but I still had trouble seeing the road. Too bad they don't make windshield wipers for your eyeballs. I can't believe I said Rick, okay. That's so dumb. I gotta think of something better than that. Rick O. Play? No, that's not an insult. Rick O. Snay. That doesn't even mean anything. Maybe you shouldn't dwell on it so much. Stop listening to my stream of consciousness. You're just talking out loud? Aren't you? Am I? Am I psychic? Focus, Dick. Don't let that stuff distract you. Luckily, someone got murdered. That would take my mind off of Rick for a while. And who did I see when I pulled up to the Four Shadows? Cece Skarsgård. What are you doing here? Detective. I'm the one who found the body. She's right in there. I'll check it out. You knew the victim? Unfortunately. Why do you say that? Basinthony was the kind of friend who makes your enemies jealous. What brought you here today? I came to pay her back. You killed her? I owed her money. Basinthony was my bookie. A detective? I think you better see this. What is it? Rick was right. Same M.O. as the other body. No tongue? And another poem. Read it to me. As quickly as possible. Why quick? Hurry! Oh God, okay. I'll spring a snare to snag the schmuck who spilled his soul and got me stuck in prison cells to save his skin. God spares the solemn man who sins but stinking skunk who snitch on me. Get an ice pick glissectomy. What's a glissectomy? Tongue removal surgery. Oh, right. That makes sense. How does that make sense? One of you has to tell me what's going on here. The murder matches another body we found earlier today. Cece, was Basinthony a stool pigeon who grasped on people to keep from being a yard bird? Not habitually, but a while back the boys in blue booked my bookie for cooking her books and they would have thrown the book at her, so she gave them some names from her little black book and booked it out of there. Great. Guess I just lost this case to Rick. Can you take down the victim's info while I give him a call? Sure thing. Ma'am, can you give me the victim's full name? Basinthony Cropper. You know her date of birth? I know her. Wait, 
You said the name was Cropper? That's right, Bacinthony Cropper. That poem, the one we found on the first body, the first line. To crop her tongue. Cropper! Any words capitalized in the new poem? Uh, yes. The S in solemn. God spares the solemn man who sins. Solemn man who sins. Solemn man. Doesn't, doesn't quite fit, does it? It's not wrong, but it's off somehow. Solemn... You! Call Rick! Get him down here and up to speed. I've gotta go. I... Now! When I jumped into my car, I had no idea where I was going or how much time I had, but I knew I had to get there, and I had to get there fast. I kicked the pedal to the floor and soared toward the fourth ward. The jousting club was closed this time of night, and the St. Simon Saloon has trivia on Tuesdays, so that wasn't likely. I had no idea where he lived, but I knew he had a pad near the docks where he conducted business, so I made for the river. As my car swerved up to the place and I swung out the front door, I heard the sound of glass breaking and footsteps beating a fleet retreat. I took the stairs four at a time and tripped and busted my knee real bad, and then I took the stairs two at a time, but that hurt a lot after knocking my knees. So I just went up the stairs normally, and on the landing I found the door ajar. So I got Gunther out and let him take the lead as I peered into the darkened room. Who's there? Identify yourself. The luckiest felon in Noir City. I breathed a sigh of relief, and then I sucked in some air through my teeth. God, I really banged my knee up. Solomon Sockeye. Someone bludgeoned me from behind, but they bolted when they heard you blundering into the building. It's not often the fuzz has such fortuitous timing. I guess I owe you one. How'd you know? A clue on a corpse, and some handy guesswork. Another dead snitch? You heard about that? If I haven't heard about it, it hasn't happened. But I didn't expect to get dragged into it. If he hadn't shown up, they might be dragging the river from my body, which would be a real drag. We're figuring it's a serial killer, or someone settling scores, or both. Serial killer, huh? Hmm. Does this note mean anything to you? This is what led me here. Looks to me like a load of alliterative lies. You sure it's not someone you helped put away? You and I know good and well that I'm not at the beck and call of the police. I'm a wheeler and dealer, and sure, I've had my ups and downs, but I never did no song and dance for the rank and file. Now, lo and behold, I'm walking on pins and needles, playing a game of cat and mouse, becomes some so-and-so who mixed up their P's and Q's once me dead and buried. But I'm not sure it's that cut and dry. I don't know the ins and outs, but this may be part and parcel of a bigger conspiracy. And if so... You have to see through the smoke and mirrors and expose the whole kitten caboodle. What are you driving at? I'm not convinced there is a serial killer. Okay, but we're finding an awful lot of dead bodies with their tongues cut out and cryptic notes stuffed in their mouths, so... Oh, there's a killer out there, but you're being fed the serial part of it. What kind of serial killer targets police informants? A revenge killing, that makes sense. But what are the odds we all squealed on the same sucker? Maybe it's a syndicate liquidating their liabilities. I think I'd know if I crossed the mob. Besides, what's with the notes? It's not just your tongue that those notes are twisting. They've got you all turned around. You think the notes are a ruse? I think the murders are a ruse. Sockeye, the murders... the murders are the crime. They went to think some wacko is whacking informants, but they slipped up when they iced Roland the Rat. Roland is the best known informant in Noir City. I mean, his nickname is The Rat. Everyone knows they can't trust him, so no one does. Which means he doesn't have any reliable information. 
which means no one has ever done time because of him, which means... No one has any reason to off him. Unless they want the police to know they're knocking off informants. Are you proposing they attempted to perpetrate a triple homicide purely for the purpose of tripping us up? It may seem far-fetched, but I'm trying to throw you a bone. You think I'm barking up the wrong tree. I just want the goon who tried to get me to get got. Until then, I'm going to make myself scarce. But two more things before I go underground. One, if this is a cover-up job and they're using serial murder as a smokescreen, the big picture must be immense. And they won't want people prying, so all these bodies are going to paint a picture that points straight to a patsy. Two, ask yourself who knows about our little arrangement, because you're the only gumshoe I chew the fat with. Aw, really? We have a purely transactional relationship that I capitalize on for my own personal profit. Oh. Okay. I'm leaving now. You won't see me again till this whole stink blows over. Sakai's sinister insinuations made me question this entire situation. If his hunch was right, someone was taking out informants just so the police would form a misinformed impression. But why? What kind of insidious crime could have stakes so high it makes murder subsidiary? I tried calling Rick to fill him in on what happened, but he didn't answer, so I decided to mosey on over to the morgue and see if Morgan Jordan had made a post-mortem report. I wasn't sure it would lead anywhere, but I didn't know what else to do. Oh, hello, Dick. I wasn't expecting company. How embarrassing. Seems you've caught me elbow deep in this fellow's meat. Could you say it any other way than that? My arms lathered in this cadaver's battered bladder? Ugh. I can almost taste that sentence. Oh, that's probably the formalin I spilled earlier. Don't worry. I mopped most of it up. What do you need? The two tongueless tattletales. Have you examined them yet? Indeed, I have. A shame about their trimmed tongues. Let me know if you find them. I'm always on the lookout for a lovely lingua. I don't want to know why, so I'm going to pretend I didn't hear that. What did you find? Any trace of poison? Drugs? Any possible leads? Both victims died of tongular trauma and lungs full of blood. The male victim has been dead for three days. The female victim died yesterday afternoon. No trace of toxins, but both had non-fatal cranial contusions, leading me to conclude they were conked unconscious before their ad hoc amputations. But why do you want to know? I thought... Detective O'Shea was running the case. That's a good question, Dr. Jordan. Well, Dick, just doing my due diligence. I tried to circle back with you, but I couldn't get through. What have you been up to? The second poem made me suspect an associate of mine was in danger. I hurried over just in time to thwart a third murder. Are you sure? Because I just came from the third murder. The body's on its way here now. Who did they kill? Did they get Solomon? Who's Solomon? The victim was a C.I. by the name of Herbert Brobert. This one's nice and fresh. Herbert Brobert? But... Was there another poem? Of course. And guess what wasn't there? His mouth slug. The limber lump. Can you... The speech spitter. The tonsil tentacle. The throat's red carpet. The old taste worm. Rick, I just want to... The stamp dampener. The sloppy slurper. The moist muscle. The oral oyster. What did the poem say? Same nonsense as the other two. What? You think I memorized it? You don't have it on you? What's his name? Uh, that tech is processing the evidence. Do you know where I can find him? 
Dr. Jordan, remind Dick whose case we're discussing. Um, I was informed that Detective O'Shea would be covering the case. You hear that, Dick? You need to stay in your lane. I am in my lane. Maybe you should get in my lane if you don't want to miss the exit. What? Solomon suspected the serial killings were simply a setup. For what? Well, he wasn't sure, but... Do you buy what every three-penny thug in Noir City is slinging? I don't know who this Solomon sap is, but he sounds like a crackpot to me. I've got a killer to convict. I can't squander time while you squawk about some con man concocting conspiracy theories. Rick wasn't about to budge. He knew he had a case that would net him some good press and possibly a promotion. And it wouldn't perturb him if a patsy got sent to the pen. If Dick Tective if I can't follow directives and stop trying to push his defective perspective on my objective... I'm going to unleash a stream of invective on Rick the wouldn't be able to solve a case detective. even if the murderer had tattooed a signed confession on the Dick dead body's Dick is a stupid puppy head who can't even buy pants that fit right. Assless chap. Assless chap. Assless Are you two okay? Why aren't you saying anything? Stop glaring at each other like that. You're creeping me out. And that's saying something. Dick was just about to excuse himself. Well, excuse me. Um... C can I continue with this autopsy? My fingers are starting to prune. Why aren't you wearing gloves? Ugh, fine. I'm going. But think about what I said, Rick. Already forgot it. I knew this was Rick's case. But they'd gone after an associate of mine, and I wasn't going to let something as trivial as protocol get in my way. Besides, Rick kept getting the last laugh. I needed to think of a good comeback. Rick O. Gay? That might insult him if we were in sixth grade in 1995. Rick O. Stay out of my face? God, why is this so hard? Hello? Is anyone there? Hello? Dick, can you hear me? Can you hear me? Oh, <clears throat> hey, I'm here. What's up, Cece? Officially, I'm calling you on the behalf of BT Dubs. He wants me to contact you about a job opportunity. And unofficially? A certain someone slipped me a message. He said you took a detour to visit him down on the waterfront at the Scarlet Street Wharf. I showed up in the narrow margin that prevented an act of violence. He had a shadow of a doubt about our serial killer theory. He told me all about the setup and the killer trying to gaslight you. Unfortunately, we're still in dark waters. The next victim was DOA, another informant. A woman and two men are dead. I know who the third man might be, but you need to know what you're getting into. Take one false step, and then you'll find yourself on dangerous ground. Nobody lives forever. Brute force won't get you anywhere. Promise me you won't get caught in the crossfire. Just give me the goods. Angel face. What do you know about the corruption case the DA is spearheading? Seems like Mayor Moray may have more ways to score pay than the law allows for. The man led a double life. 
Last I heard, the prosecution had unearthed a star witness. That's right. A shyster accountant who got a raw deal was pushed to the breaking point when he saw there was no way out. He made an appeal to squeal on Moray and reveal a deal he tried real hard to conceal. What did Moray steal? Steal. Yes, steal. As in stole. He steals stoles? No, he stole steel. Specifically, he may have given a construction firm preferential treatment for government contracts in exchange for free materials for his real estate developments. And now he wants to silence more than just the streets. But do you really think the mayor would resort to murder? I'm not sure the mayor is calling the shots. Care to guess who owns that construction firm? Who owns anything worth owning in this two-bit city? BT Dubs. Not quite. It's owned by Peter Patterson, paternal uncle of Patty Peterson, the daughter of Duncan Dermond, who is the cousin of Courtney Cassini. But the whole fam family is part of a network of ghost partnerships, and they're all on the payroll of one BT Dubs. Okay, that's needlessly pedantic. And we both know Dubs will stop at nothing to cover his tracks. Not just murder, but a whole mess of murders meant to muddle any meddlers. Do you know the name of the accountant? The name hasn't been made public, but I happen to know his name is Damon Dawson. So the mayor and Dubs want to rub out this poor schlub to protect their interests. And to deflect suspicion, they've invented a serial killer who snuffs snitches. Very convenient. Do you know where Damon Dawson is? No idea. That could make things tricky. Detective O'Shea is in charge of the case, and he's not buying the cover-up story. But maybe, if I find that poem and the name matches the clue, I may be able to convince the chief to intervene. Where's the poem? Should be in evidence. I'll head that way. Thanks for the call, Cece. Sure thing, Dick. I'll deus your machina any time. Luckily... The evidence locker was just a block away, but I didn't even need to go inside. I found who I needed standing right in front of the entrance. Quink Frightly! Just the man I was looking for. Seriously? Have you already processed the evidence from the third murder? Um, so about that, I swear it was all in a box in my back seat. I don't know what happened to it. What am I going to do? I'll lose my job if Rick finds out. Now's not the time to worry about your livelihood. The poem. Can you remember the poem? Not word for word, but- You know how the other poems had a word capitalized? Was there a part like that? There was. How did it go? It was like, I drained the veins of a dame one day, something like that. The D in dame was capitalized. Dame one. Dame one. Right on the money. I've got to call the chief. Please tell him not to fire me. I'll put in a good word for you, Quank. Oh no. Hello, Rick. It's the Chief. I know who it is. I called you. But it's not Rick. I'm Dick. Oh, hello, Dick. Have you solved that missing persons case yet? Oh, right. There was a case I was supposed to be solving. Uh, No, I had a breakthrough on Rick's case. Is that how this works now? Is he solving your case? What? No. I mean, probably not. I don't know. I am confused. Why, if it isn't Dick-tective... I've been looking for you. 
Just a minute, Dubs. I'm on the phone with the chief. Give the chief my regards. If he doesn't mind holding just a moment, I have a very lucrative business proposition for you. I'm too busy at the moment for a side gig. The missing persons case is not a side gig, Dick. No one has seen the woman for three weeks. Mm, Is that so? I was under the impression you had a rather light caseload. I have a missing persons case. That's what I was just saying. I'm sure she'll turn up. No, Chief. I called to tell you about Rick's case. It's so urgent. You have enough time to work other detectives' cases, but not enough time to make an easy twenty-five grand. Hold up, twenty-five grand? Wait, the no. The kidnappers are asking for twenty-five grand. What kidnappers? The ones who kidnapped Rick. What on earth this are you? This offer has an expiration date, Dick, and it is fast approaching. I really need to tell you about the case Rick is investigating. Hello. What about? What do you say, Mister Detective? Rick is wrong Easy about the case. Money. We don't have much time. You need to listen. I'm, I'm listening, listening Dick. Dick. I'll be right there. That was Rick. There's another body. My, my, look at the time. The offer has lapsed, I'm afraid. I'll see you around, Mr. Detective. Dick, what's going on? I thought it was urgent. Uh, Sorry, Chief. I bungled it. Where did they find the body? Just around the corner, apparently. Around the corner? Who would murder a witness on the same block as the police station? Do you see Rick? Oh, there he is, by my car. Frank Coitley. Hey, someone remembered my name. You have the right to remain silent. Anything you say can be used against you in court of law. What's going on? You thought you'd get away with it. Thought you were real slick. You had no idea I was on to you. Rick, what are you talking about? You are under arrest for the murders of Roland Nolan, Bethany Cropper, Herbert Brobert, and Damon Dawson. You're joking. This arrest is as serious as cardiac arrest. What's going on, Dick? Rick, you're way off base. What kind of evidence are you going off of? I started to suspect early on. Everyone knows the criminal always returns to the scene of the crime. And quietly was spotted at every single crime scene. I'm a crime scene technician. A very handy arrangement. Rick. That's not cause for- didn't you notice how much he praised the poems the killer left behind? Tooting your own horn a bit, aren't you, Frank? No, 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 I just- And then several pieces of evidence mysteriously went missing. Important clues vanished into thin air. And who had access to those materials? I don't know what happened to those. They were in my back seat, I swear. It doesn't make any sense, Rick. What's the motive? Why would he kill those people? I'll admit- That had me stumped for a while. I held off on the arrest because of that, and it cost a man his life. I regret that now. But when I looked into his past, it all became clear. Frank Quitely's parents were killed by a police informant. My parents were killed by a drunk driver. Who happened to be a police informant. Uh, that seems tenuous. Save it for the jury, you mouth-mangling maniac. All the proof I need is in the trunk of your car. I already got a search warrant. Shall we take a look? (gasps) Gentlemen, may I introduce you to Damon Dawson, former accountant for Pitter-Patter Construction, the key witness in a major corruption case. And Frank's final victim. 
how? The best lawyer in Noir City couldn't spin this one in your favor, Frank. Come on, we're going downtown. Well, we're already downtown, but I'm going to take you into that building over there. Frank, don't worry. I know there's been a mistake. I'll figure out what's going on. I'll clear your name. At least you're both getting my name right. Silver lining. Let's go, you tongue-tangling troublemaker. What was going on? This case had gotten more twisted than a titty in a preteen locker room. Dubs, or one of his cronies, must have leaked phony information to Rick to put him on the wrong track. And they stashed the body in the most incriminating place possible. It was no coincidence I bumped into Dubs but a moment before. I needed time to think. To make sense of it all, I decided to head over to the Thin Blue Wine, a joint popular with the law enforcement and sommelier crowds. A drink would calm my nerves and help me think straight. Hello again, Dick. What can I get you? I'll have a pink cow. Red wine and whole milk, I'm on it. I was going to mention, someone came by the St. Simon Saloon while I was tending bar about a week ago. They were making inquiries about you and Solomon Sakai. Whether I've seen the two of you together. Really? Who was it? I can't say. They keep the lights low in there, and he was keeping his brim low as well. But I remember thinking it was odd, because when he first spoke to me, I thought it was you. I thought you were asking me about you. Oh my god. I think I'm having a revelation. How far into the episode are we? Uh... Looks like we're a little over 30 minutes in. 30 minutes in? Sudden realization? Are we... Is this... Is this a cliffhanger? Are we going to have a two-episode arc? Oh, shit! To be continued. That was Noir City Blues, Episode 4, The Trail of Tortured Tongues. Written, poetry and all, by Matthew Morris. You heard the voices of Jack Townsend, High Priest Roby, James Lanius, Helen Jacks, Erica Durr, Jeff Quash, Andrew Ferrier, and Helen Schmel. As always, you can find us at thesnakespaw.com and as The Snake's Paw on YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter. And you can support the show on Ko-Fi, that's ko-fi.com slash thesnakespaw. Thank you so much for sticking with us through the hard times and the good. We'll see you soon.